Welcome back to Nerdy Thoughts, a podcast where our guest gets to choose a topic they nerd out on for us to discuss. I'm Mimi. And I'm Ted. Thank you so much for listening to this, our sixth episode of the podcast. Uh, It's a really exciting one for you today because we're talking about something that I think goes a little bit out of our normal nerdy realm, Uh, but it's going to be very exciting when we get there. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Mimi, how you been? I've been really, really good. Um, so I went to Anime North. Oh. Um, yeah, it was my my very first convention ever. Oh, wow. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I've been dying to go to like a con of some sort. I've just never been like brave enough or really had someone to like go with. Um, but I went with, um, I got the the weekend pass because it just made, made the most sense to get that one. Right. Um, so I went on Friday, went with a friend, and then on Saturday, uh, we met a couple other friends there, and then we went back Sunday morning just to hit kind of the last little bit of the vendors for the last day. But it was it was really fun. I, I didn't really know what to expect, um, but I also, I did a little bit of cosplay as well. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was the first time I've ever, like, I, I've, I've dabbled recently in like a very amateur cosplay cosplaying just for for instagram and and for fun um Mm -hmm. but this was the first time i ever wore it out and i mean what where else would you you know debut this other than anime north where like half of the people are in cosplay anyways yeah yeah you know, people aren't staring too, too much at you. And I feel like it's such a big uh, thing that happens in Toronto that like even a lot of people that live in Toronto are just like, oh, yeah, it's that convention that's going on. Like no yeah. one really, no yeah, one really gives true. you a second, a second glance. So that was really exciting. What were your costumes? Um, what, what did you cosplay as? So Friday, um, I went as Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service. Cool. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I had uh, the stuffed Gigi and everything. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I also, just a fun fact, I put together all of my costumes um, through thrifting. Oh, so okay, cool. all of, yeah, all of the pieces that I had were were from thrift stores, except, except I think Gigi and the bow, I got those from AliExpress because those were very specific items yeah. that I needed to find. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, so Friday I went as Kiki and then on... On Saturday is when I did like my my biggest one, which was uh, Faye Valentine from Cowboy Bebop. All right. Uh, I put together the outfit. I think it took me four. I, I was very last minute that I just des- that I decided to do two cosplays. I was just gonna do the one. Um, mm-hmm. I think I found all the items in like four days of thrifting, um, and I got a wig off of Amazon. And it was my first time wearing a wig, like other oh, okay. than like probably when I was you know eight and went as a witch for Halloween or something. So um, I got a wig off Amazon. I, I really wasn't sure what to expect from it because it was like $18, but it was actually okay. a really nice wig. <laughs> um, oh, hey. Yeah. I, I, 
you know, my hair's getting getting quite long. So I was really worried about kind of like what it would look like, like all bunched up under there. But it came with like a little cap to put on beforehand. And yeah, so I did a little bit more of a toned down version of Faye Valentine. She shows a lot of her Understood. midriff in the show. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, you know, got to keep it wholesome. So, um, <laughs> but no, so I, yeah, I, I did... Uh, yeah, Faye Valentine and Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service. And it, it was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Like, people were stopping me to ask to take, like, pictures and stuff. So Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really neat. I, I didn't do a lot of the events um, just because it was, like I said, it was my first one. It was it was really overwhelming. It was the first one that they had done since COVID. So it, you know, it wasn't – I feel like it wasn't done as smoothly with getting people in um, and everything like that, which, I mean mm. – understandably so it's the Mm -hmm. first time that they've done it in two years everyone's so excited it probably drew like a huge crowd um so I tried to sit on one panel but panels are not for me I've discovered um I was no no I I don't know it's I think they're you know it was just it was a whirlwind of activity I think had I had I sat down really and kind of planned out my time beforehand, I think like maybe I would have made time to go to some of the, maybe the cosplaying panels and, and everything like that. But um, I, I mainly stuck to like the vendors and then just kind of like walked around um, to like see the, the stuff outdoors. Like a lot of the like big cosplayers kind of just hang out outside for the most part. Um, hmm. So yeah. So anyways, it was, yeah, it was, it was really neat. Unfortunately though, like, like I mentioned, um, the lines were not going as smoothly. So I was fortunate enough that I got the weekend pass and we got there and we managed to get in really soon to get our passes. Um, right. unfortunately I couldn't pick up my other friends passes because you had to show that you were vaccinated. Oh. Um, which was, I think, which I think that was kind of what was really slowing it down because in the past, people were saying that you could just print your passes uh-huh. um, and then just go. And but for this, you had to show that you were vaccinated um, and then you had to go get your passes. So I couldn't pick up my friends, which was unfortunate because people were waiting in line on Friday for over three hours to get in. Wow. To, um. And it opened at 5 p.m. on Friday and closed at 10. Oh, geez. So people who got Friday only passes um, were not happy. I can understandably imagine. Understandably so. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I believe that uh, what Anime North did was they said, like, you know, like if you had a Friday only pass, you can also come Saturday, um, oh, which was okay. which was nice. Yeah. Um, but it was, again, people are waiting five plus hours um, on Saturday Oof. to get their passes. So, and my, my friend, she, you know, she suffers from some health issues. So, and it was, you know, like 30 something degrees. She's like, I can't wait in that line. So unfortunately for them, like they bought their passes and then they didn't actually get to go into the convention. So we, yeah, so it was, it was a shame, but we hung out, like, you know, we, we hung out outside of it. We, me and my, my other friend had gone early. So we had already hit all the stuff inside that we had wanted to do, um, so they still came and like we hung out outside and, and, you know, walked around and everything. And then we ended up just coming back here and, and sitting out on our patio and, and having like, you know, some, well, I, I had water. They had a couple of <laughs> drinks, but I was like, it's too hot. I need to hydrate. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was, it, it was a really, it was a really great time. Um, 
And I, I think actually uh, I got a call from from Roger, uh, Roger Stage, our, our very right. first ever uh, guest on the pod. Yeah. And he just got invited to go to Fan Expo. Um, so he called to see if like um, I would want to go with him and his partner. So I think I'm going to also go to Fan Expo. Um, at, I think it's at the end of August or beginning of September. I need to look into to the dates, but uh, I'm actually, I'm going to Niagara Falls on Friday with him and his partner as well. So I'm sure we'll talk more about that. Oh, sweet. Um, that sounds so good. Well. You definitely should go. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's just, it's so funny. Like, you know, like I met Roger when I opened my public Instagram account, like we met through Instagram and just found out that we live like a couple cities over from each other. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just, it's really nice that like, you know, I don't know. I just think that's so like, that's so fun that like now he's you know, become such a good friend. So, but, uh, but yeah, that's so awesome. that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of all that's new, new with me. Uh, yeah. What's, what's going on with you? Oh, you know, the same old, not much, uh, just kind of keeping my head down, still working, getting ready for, uh, fun, exciting adventures to start again in September. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I actually did get a chance to go out with my, uh, my girlfriend and my mother, uh, she took us, my mother took us to uh, her hometown where she grew up in a small town, Ontario. It's very cute. Um, and we did a little tour of the place and saw where she went to school and her first house and her second house and uh, where she worked and where my grandma worked and grandpa worked. And then uh, we spent uh, maybe an hour or so kind of walking up and down the main strip there. We went into a bakery that apparently used to have our family working at it, which was kind of cool. And we got oh, like, wow. yeah, yeah, it was very nice. And then we went to um, this town in Ontario called St. Jacob's. It's a uh, Amish type town. Um, and it was very cool to be there because uh, my girlfriend uh, is born in India. So uh, she hadn't seen many Amish. I don't think she'd seen any Amish people before. Um, oh, and so it was wow. really cool to see like the horse carriages and the, yeah, you know, it was a very cool experience for her to be in a, in a town where all the handicrafts and, and, uh, furniture and, and cool, cool culture of that. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we just had a lovely day kind of touring small town, Ontario, came back home and, uh, it was a lovely, lovely day. That's amazing. There are honestly, there are some really, really nice small towns, like these little hidden gems in Ontario that even I don't know about. <laughs> And I've lived here my whole life. <laughs> the fun thing is that, like, I feel maybe maybe it's just the Ontario ones because I because we went to maybe five or six that day and they all felt remarkably similar. Like it was all like <laughs> you got your main street and it's got a bakery and it's got like a couple of the same types of stores. And then you've got houses in, in little clusters that all kind of look the same and all the people kind of have the same cars and they do the same jobs. <laughs> and it, it was very, it was very cute, very quaint. It, it just, it reminded me just how nice it is to be outside of the city once in a while, yes. even though uh, it also reminded me why I love being so close to things that are open so often. Yeah. Right? Like you, you, there's 24 hour stores everywhere. Like if you need a snack at any time, you just go to Shoppers Drug Mart and pick something up or you go to the corner store and pick something up. If you live in a small town, you wait till tomorrow. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta plan ahead. You think you might want chips? You gotta get those bad yeah, boys before you gotta get down to the food at 5 land. p.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was lovely. But yeah, no. Other than that, honestly, just kind of you know keep the nose to the grindstone. Keep uh, keep putting out uh, these podcast episodes, and that's awesome. You know, doing what we do. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. And speaking of putting out these pod podcast episodes, who, who are we speaking to today? 
Yes, today we have a very special guest. As Ted said, we're kind of branching out with our topics. Uh, so today we have Laura Griffin. And Laura, what are you here to talk to us about? I'm here to talk to you about circus and all the wonderful things that I love about it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Amazing. So um, could you give us a little bit of a background on where this interest came uh, from for you? Sure. So in my earlier years, I was a dancer and an athlete and really loved both, but something was missing. They were two really lovely things for me, but each of them was missing something. And then I applied for a job to learn how to teach uh, flying trapeze. They were looking for athletic people to, to learn how to do that. And it was really my first introduction to the aerial arts and like how to do things in that respect. And it combined it, combined it, combined <laughs> my absolute love of being dynamic and physical with my love of art. And so it finally brought those two things together, which seemed sort of disparate in myself. And I wanted them to mesh and they never did until I found circus. And so I have done circus since I, yeah. That's amazing. So so you applied for a job to teach it before you so my have done it? Yeah. So my first year <laughs> I, I my first year university, uh summer arrived and I was like, okay, I need a summer job. And so I was at the time helping my parents um at college and I was doing like grunt work, paperwork, doing some um tutoring for some of the college students and uh, there were posters around the college looking for athletic people to learn how to teach flying trapeze. What they were going to do was bring people in who had no background in it and give them a background in it. So I applied for the job and they're like, you don't really suit the flying trapeze. You have no tumbling background. And I was like, oh, <laughs> they're like, bye. Hmm. Uh, you're really great listener and you try really hard. And we think that with all of your dance background, that the aerial arts would really suit you. And so I spent the entire summer, like 8 a.m. till 4 p.m. every day studying. And I ended up going on tour with them um, that fall. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It's it's actually, that's really neat that they brought new people in to learn it in order to teach it. Um I always find that so interesting, especially because it's like you've just learned it yourself. So you kind of still remember like what worked for you when you were learning it. So you were probably better able to help those people that were coming to be taught. Yeah. So the the people who did end up teaching flagging trapeze in that first year, because I was sadly was not one of them. Um, they did do a really great job and and uh, had quite a bit of um yeah, there's a lot of trepidation when you go on the flying trapeze. You're up really high, and, like, the very first thing you have to do is jump and oh. just, like, trust. And so <laughs> eventually I ended up teaching flying trapeze and pulling lines and working the board and uh, definitely got in on all of that as well. Um, and it's it's amazing trying to convince someone that, no, in fact – me holding on to the back of this safety harness that you have on is enough for you to take both feet off the board simultaneously. And the guy below, if you screw up, will catch you. We promise. It's a lot. <laughs> oh, just honestly, just thinking about it. Like I, I 
I was playing a video game the other day where like there was a bit of a drop in my stomach, like, you know, did that turnover. So I can't, a video game. So I can't imagine being brave enough to like jump <laughs> off of that, even though like, you know, especially when you're learning, like, there, you know, there's all the safety precautions in the world for this, but Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and how high are these? Like how high up are you when you're doing these? It depends. You're roughly 30 feet in the air. Like your feet are roughly 30 wow. feet in the air. So like depending on how tall you you are, it feels a little bit more uh, intimidating. Um, and like sometimes they'll be up there and they'll freeze and you're like, do I have permission to just get you going? And some people are like, oh, you're like, okay. You get like a little nod from the head and you just like lift and kick their feet out from under them and they and they go. Yeah. Oh, that's what I would wow. need. I yeah. would need someone to just kind of give me that little push off <laughs> off the edge there. But um Oh my god. Yeah. So and I feel like I feel like you might have mentioned this um already, but how how long have you been performing? Ooh. Uh, performing, performing, or performing as a circus artist? Because I've been performing oh. as a dancer since I was like three. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So, so wow. What I, kind of dance did you do? Well, my parents put me into like acro dance to start because oh, okay. I refused to crawl. I would just do somersaults around the house, and so they were like, <laughs> "We feel like this child needs needs something," <laughs> and they didn't. <laughs> They didn't love the gymnastics mentality. They didn't think it was super healthy for for bodies. They're both like mm-hmm. fitness and lifestyle people. And so when they mm-hmm. looked at what was probably the healthier venue for me to follow, they were like, mm, we don't really want gymnastics. There's a high incidence of injury and burnout. Yeah. Uh, and so they're like, let's let's look at dance. I was also not the most coordinated child. So I think they were also <laughs> worried that I was going to hurt myself. They're like, she can't walk yet. <laughs> She's <Right>. only somersaulting. <laughs> Not sure if the balance beam is for her. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> okay. So you've been dancing since you were three. And then how long have you been performing like in the circus? Um, so since I was 19. And I – so I'm a lot older than 19 now. <laughs> I won't I won't ask you to tell us how old you are. But okay, that's that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's that's incredible. And so you're and you're part of a troop. Is yeah. it called a troop? Yeah. I, yeah, 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 you're okay. right. Um so I was fortunate enough to uh see Laura and her troop um in action um at an event uh back in June and I was blown away to the point that like I mean, as as most of you know, I'm a teacher to the point that like one student tapped me on the shoulder to be like, um, I think that so and so needs to use the washroom because I was so enthralled with what was going on, um, like not on stage because it wasn't a stage. It was out in a field. But I, like I was just like I was so focused on it that like this poor little girl didn't even ask me to use the washroom. <laughs> like, and I felt so bad. I like had to run her out to to do it. But um so anyways, they're they're amazing. They're absolutely incredible. H- have you always been What are they called? Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh Illuminaire Entertainment. And it's a a blend of two two things, like illumination and air, because it's a, a fire company and an aerial arts company. So uh oh, cool. yeah. So we've got a bunch of different people. We also have hand balancers and stilt walkers and and like hula hoopers and all sorts of object manipulators but they also like to light those objects on fire. 
Uh, and then, of course. <laughs> and then we do all sorts of different aerial apparatus. Things that people are most familiar with are things like straps and silks and aerial hoop or lira. But then we do things like tra- uh, like triple trapeze, uh, cube. We've got, I have an aerial net. Uh, we have a, wow. a chandelier. We've got some other like interesting, just like random shapes that if I named them what we called them, no one would know what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, so we'll just say random shapes. Um, and yeah, we just, whatever we seem to sometimes want to do. So we'll offer options for it. Or some people will come to us and be like, we were looking for this kind of idea and we'll sometimes make up acts or use set acts for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- and where do you perform these? Uh, all over the place. We'll do uh, nerdy festivals like, um, oh. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm having a brain fart. What's the one down in Detroit? Oh goodness. I have no idea. Uh, Comic-Con? Comic-Con? Oh, comic Like that's like everywhere. Like okay, Comic-Con. so a yeah. Comic Con in Detroit. Okay, <laughs> um, North, not North. Yes, North. What was the one that just happened in July? Were you at Anime North? So my friends were. I'm usually at Anime North, but <laughs> I I wasn't this year because I couldn't rehearse with them ahead of time. But my troupe was at Anime North. Okay, I'm not. Okay, so I went to Anime North this year for the yeah. very first time, and the cube was set up, and I was like. <gasps> That's like, and and me and uh, Faded Twilight, who was on on last episode, she was with me, and we we were talking. We were like, maybe that's Laura's troupe, <laughs> but yeah. I didn't actually get to see the performance. Um, I was just out and about, and I I didn't know what time it was, and I was kind of there during the day. Ah, oh, I'm so excited to find out that that was your <laughs> your troupe. Well, Sorry. next time check the schedule because you would have gotten to get on one of the silks and do a pose or a trick for a photo. So. Like next time, oh, read the schedule. Next year. <laughs> next year, see those. It was my. Oh, it was my first one. It was so overwhelming. <laughs> there is so much that happens at Anime North. Yes. Yeah, oh so my gosh. Much. Sorry, I just totally got derailed there. <laughs> no worries. But um, like things like that, we'll get hired by by Anime North or a Comic Con or or different things. And we'll get to do some really fun things like dress up in characters that we like from nerdy shows that we like and perform to that type of music in that style. And it's really fun and probably the most fun that we get to have because other things that we do are things like weddings and you have to have like a very wedding appropriate type of act uh the only exception to that was I performed for my friend's wedding and I was like what music do you want and she got to pick and it was not wedding appropriate but (laughs) she was the bride so it was like whatever she wanted (laughs) that's amazing can I ask what are some like characters that you've uh dressed up as Ooh, okay so I mean, it doesn't do me any good to, like, pull out the costumes because this isn't a visual. I'm like, they're sitting right beside me. We could do, like, a fashion show. Well, you know uh, what, though? We have an Instagram, so you could send me photos of the of the um, outfits later that I could post ooh. once this one releases. Oh, very fun. Very fun. Okay. So let's see. Um, Umbrian. That was really fun because I got to be super oh, cool. grumpy the entire time. <laughs> I love, Umbreon's my favorite Evolution. I'm so excited. 
Uh, oh, who else? Oh my gosh. I'm having all the brain farts today. My apologies. No, um, it's because we're putting you on the spot. So <laughs> it does it happen to everyone or is it just like It me? happens to me all the time. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. So we're going to do like a little game here. So it's one. Um, so it was yellow uh, in the pants and it had like black on the sides and there were like gun holsters on the legs. I know this is like everyone ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it had like a, a bomber jacket. And uh, I would always do this to, like, a specific line she had. Oh, my gosh. It was, like, my favorite one because she was so feisty. What color's her hair? Uh, dark, and it, like, swoops up. And so, like, at the time, I had, like, short pixie haircut. And so I did the, like, swoop over. And she can, like, go really fast. Like, that's her, like, thing in the video game. She, like, zooms really fast. And then she can come back. Is it Tracer? Tracer, yes! Oh, you did! <laughs> Good job, Ted. Ted for the win! Yes. Hey, Overwatch reference. Cool, I can get those. All right. That's cool. Oh, that's, a, that's really awesome. Are any of these available to see online? Um, I think we've posted... Like a little sample of your work? Yeah, I think we've posted some of them. If you look up Illuminaire Entertainment um, on YouTube, uh, we do have some things up there. Oftentimes, we're not, like, our professional videographers with us. It's, like, people who have, like, mm -hmm. sent us video from their phones, and we, like, post it up. Um, but, yeah. Uh, what else do we have? Um, oh, we've done, like, uh, where were the Sailor Scouts? And it depends on which, oh, cool. which group is with us. Uh, sometimes there's a little bit of, like, fun cross-dressing because we have like it'll be two or three girls and one guy and we're still gonna do the sailor scouts uh <laughs> that's awesome i love that yeah um oh what else have we done we've done so many different ones i i think i've performed maybe four or five times and we usually do three shows a day so wow. like there there's been a lot of different people i've gotten to be which is really nice yeah. Um, that's awesome yeah. or people I guess I wasn't actually yeah. human in some of them <laughs> yeah yeah characters yeah. characters yeah. right that works <laughs> we've done um avatar um and and uh we've done oh words so we did <laughs> we did the the last airbender but we also did with Katara okay so we've done no Katara is the last airbender we've also done with Help me out here. Come on. You did so well, Ted. Help me out. What's Are the next one? About, like the blue, what? like the movie the avatar? Like James Cameron's avatar? Like um, The Last uh, Airbender. Oh. Okay, yeah. We're not Airbender fans here? I've only I, I've watched I've seen some. the original. Okay. So <laughs> the one, so there's the the one with, um, oh my gosh, Aang. And then, yeah. and then... Legends of Korra. Thank you. Legends of Korra. So <laughs> I need you to know yeah. something about me here. And I'm, you probably don't know this from our original meetings, but I have word aphasia from some um, injuries that I've gotten. I've gotten some s serious TBIs in my life, uh, some of them from hockey mm -hmm. and basketball, and then some from circus, unfortunately, and some others from martial arts. So word aphasia is when you can't find the word where like I can picture exactly what I'm saying in my head and the word just doesn't come. And the higher stress level I'm at, the worse it gets. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, so being on the spot, like you're saying, and you're like, tell me that thing. And I'm like, 
You've just made it disappear from my head. Oh, no. Oh, no. And there's nothing. You've been doing well so far. But I just, I really love people who will play the, like, word charades with me, where I'm like, come on, we can do this. You're making it easy. That's the good part. Yeah, I I love the word charades. The the problem with me is that I can watch a show, and this happens a lot for me with anime um, stuff as well, is I'm not good at remembering characters' names. Uh, so the only anime that I'm really great at right now with that is Hunter x Hunter. And that's because I became super focus obsessed with it. Mm. <laughs> so I was like repeatedly, repeatedly asking my friend to be like, okay, wait, what's the name again? What's the name again? Until it was just like in there and I cannot forget it. So nice. Ted, Ted will be the best person to probably guess the answer. And I will probably be with you where yeah. I can picture them. Okay. But as I long as you don't yeah. ask me actors or actresses. Oh, dear God, I, no, I don't know any of them. Real people? <laughs> you know any real people. And that's where I would come in. So hey. we got each other covered. Hey. Perfect team. And the base is covered. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. really awesome, though. I love that you get to do, like, there's just so, so much variety in, in, in what you get to do there. H- how long have you been with this specific troupe? This troupe? Um... Seven or eight years. It's uh, hard to tell with COVID. Um, right. I've kind of lost count in the middle there. <laughs> Haven't we um, all? <laughs> but the my old Who partner runs the troupe. So I've been working with this particular um, woman for 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a, a very longstanding relationship. And we just finished putting together. We got a grant, amazingly, from um, the Ontario Arts Council. And... Uh, it, we got a grant over COVID to put on a production where we made it COVID safe. So we ended up doing a filming of it and allowed people to buy online tickets. So it was called Recomposed, Ooh. and it was the um, recomposition of uh, Vivaldi's Four Seasons by Max Richter. And we created a circus show around that and sort of how... I don't know if you know anything about Vivaldi's Four Seasons and like how the ballet sort of took it and looked at like the growth of a man kind of thing and like how okay. spring represents his youth and summer is like this blossoming of like maturity and fall is that like slow decline and then winter is sort of that like transition into death oh. kind of thing. And so we re-looked at that and looked at um, multiple relationships and like uh, between different people and groups and rather than having it as like a male centric concept we looked at just relationships in general and how they change through through time and I got to be with my hoop partner we put on a ooh, it was like a, a nine minute hoop act and it was a, a fight at the start of it and into that sort of like transition in the middle where you like decide between people that like the fight's not worth it anymore. And then that building of trust back into like a healthy relationship zone again. Oh my God, that must have been beautiful. It, yeah. And it was performing it was emotionally just like drawing everything. It was, I can imagine. Yeah. I'm like kind of like welling, like, yeah. Anyways, my eyes are getting like watery, like listening to you talk about it. <laughs> I mean, that's the purpose of art, right? And if the artists doing it don't feel passionate enough to draw out emotion about what they're doing, they probably shouldn't be doing it anymore. That's very true. And I feel like that could probably be said about many, many things as well. If you're not passionate about it, what's, you know, I understand that there are sometimes there are needs to do things that you're not passionate about, but it's definitely much better when you are. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
Hopefully one day um, everyone on earth can be passionate about the things that they do in life so that they can find that joy and happiness. Maybe we have less wars and Amen. Wouldn't that be amazing? <sighs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um speaking of the world, uh yeah. you've gotten to travel quite a bit uh with this line of of work, if I'm not mistaken. I know we spoke yeah. briefly about it um in the past. Um so so I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> But do you want to do you want to talk about some of the the places that you've gone to, some of the different things that you got to do there? Sure. So you already know that like we've gone into the northern states. Um, mm-hmm. I've done tours across Canada and through different parts of the states as well, which were uh, a really interesting experience. I actually did them while going to teachers' college, so I kind of went up to my my profs in in university and was like, "So I'm going on tour." If this isn't something that huh. we can make happen and me pass your course, that's fine. I'll take it at a separate time. Uh, but if it is something that we can do, I'm happy to do extra work. I'm happy to like make this happen. However, it'll make you feel really good. So one of my presentations that I did in teacher's college was actually on Skype from, I think we were in Alberta at the time. And I had gotten my troop involved uh, to do the presentation with me. I was like, come on, guys, you can help me help me get really good marks on this. Help me out here. <laughs> ah, that's fantastic. And so it was about bringing art alive in, in history is what we were looking at. So how do you bring art into really everything we were doing? But my assignment was art and history. And so uh, I picked dance. And so I had my troop in the hall of the hotel we're in. And I taught them how to do like a really simple old medieval court dance and like filmed it and then transitioned into like talking to my class while we were on tour. And uh, it was hilarious because we've got like our big base of like the hand balancers who's like six, I don't know, it gotta be six, four and like almost as wide as a door frame. Like certain <laughs> door frames, he's got to like lean sideways. This man is, it was built to withstand pretty much anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he's there playing along, being absolutely amazing and doing these like little teeny like dance steps so that I can show how like you can teach anyone medieval dance and it really helps them connect. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, I hope you have that footage somewhere still. <laughs> somewhere. It's got to be somewhere. I hope so. I hope I didn't delete it. That would be awful. Yeah. <laughs> And then I've been over into to Europe. I uh, cruised across um, with Disney Cruise Lines. I w- was a performer for their inaugural um, Mediterranean cruise. So we we crossed the ocean and did the Med Cruise. And I was really fortunate because it was more cost effective for them to have us live in the south of France and pick us up every 10 days to perform on the ship and then leave us in the south of France. So we, right? <laughs> Work Whoa, perks don't weird. get much better than that. <laughs> I, yeah, it was pretty great. So I would, we would get picked up and we would perform and it was a grueling day once every 10 days. So we would be up at like 5 a.m. and we'd hop on the bus and they'd drive us from Marseille to Nice and we'd get on the bus or get on the boat in Nice and we would start rehearsals at like 9 a.m. We would do a full rehearsal of the show 
present the show twice in the evening. And then there was a, a secondary show that only I was involved in where they would uh, zip line me from one stack of the cruise ship to the other while I was in a hoop. And then I wow. fell out of the hoop into the silks and I would do my performance on the silks. And then I literally would be like running down the stairs, like passing costume pieces off because the very last tender had to leave the ship at a certain time. But the show started only 20 minutes before that tender had to leave. So if, I, yeah, it was like, and we're done and we go. And like, you don't get to say bye to anyone. You just have to go. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And so you had to become a quick change act. I was, yeah, actually, pretty much any time you're you're a stage performer, you have to be a good quick change act. Uh, <laughs> oh God, I would be awful. It's, <laughs> it's a little more fun while you're running downstairs. Uh, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> like, do people not get it? Well, I guess you're probably a lot more coordinated than uh, you know a, c- a civilian like me. But I feel like if I was trying to like outfit change on stairs, like I can barely walk down the stairs, like. On my own and <laughs> holding to the railing. My my partner jokes with me that when I'm in my superhero clothes, that I am like unstoppable. But if you put me in civilian clothes, I have to go at twenty percent. Otherwise, I will get injured. Uh, so I think it just is that like mind frame and that hyper focus that you get into when you're performing that yeah. saves you from doing anything. I mean, they it was the external costume pieces, right? I still got to go and change into my like civilian clothes right. in, a, in a private manner but to be able to get like there was a, a safety harness because you can't go over an audience without a safety harness on it's just makes sense yeah it the liability is way too high and really yeah. do you want to fall on people no oh god <laughs> no yeah <laughs> exactly so like it was the safety harness had to come off and there was an outer jacket to the costume. And then there was like a footwear that happened. So like there were bits and pieces that would come off. There was a hair piece that had to stay with the ship. And so like all those things would come off as I was going down the stairs. And then I'd have a moment to change and then like right out from backstage onto the tender and go. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. I got, I mean, I, I guess it would be very high paced, like any kind of performance, um, like arts performance is just such high energy. Like even when it's like a slower ballet, like yeah. I feel like it would be like <laughs> such, it's still like there, you know, it's that, that, yeah. Anyway, I look at like the, the musicals that we put on um, for like, you know, middle yeah. school musicals that get put on at, at my work. And it's just, even those are like stressful. Like I can't imagine being backstage on one of those. I can't imagine doing it for like something like this. That's crazy. Um, one of the phrases, one of my the very first tour I was on, I was technically only a dancer. I like had a couple moments of other things, but I was hired as a dancer for the first one because that was already my background. Um, and I was stressing out because one of the equipment changes didn't go up properly. There, so there's a swivel that allows everything to spin. We can't, you can't spin like that and not have a piece of equipment that doesn't allow it because then everything just gets bunged up. Uh, and so we did the equipment change and we get up there. I'm like, why are they starting to spin the other way? And I, I looked up at the hardware and we realized that the act before I had brought this piece of equipment out, 
was supposed to leave the full swivel. We call it a swivel pack. It's a carabiner, a swivel, and another carabiner. And they had they were supposed to leave that whole thing on so that when I came out with this honking, like, have you ever seen one of the, like, massive, massive ball gowns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. where, like, you, you can't fit through a room. You're like, it's... <laughs> If two people are wearing one and walk up to each other, you've automatically got social distancing. Like, <laughs> that kind of size. So The giant hoop skirt. Yes, exactly. Oh, my gosh. So this particular piece of equipment we called the mobile, and it was like that. So carrying it out, it was like I was wearing a giant hoop skirt, except this thing weighs 120 pounds. Oh, my God. Wow. And so I have to, like, walk out elegantly trying to, like, carry this massively heavy piece of equipment and make it look like it's just, like easy as pie and everything's great and it's ethereal music and I like have the the straps that hold it up resting over my shoulder I just sort of grab them and clip them into the carabiner trying to stay in character so I didn't take a really solid look at what was remaining in the ceiling uh and I like go off stage and then the other characters run in and start their thing and I'm off stage and looking up and I'm like oh no the swivel pack wasn't there and so now they're rotating one way and then swinging back the other. And that doesn't sound like a huge deal, except that some movement only works because of the way that the apparatus is spinning. Oh and so you God. go to do your trick and it doesn't work. And you're like, ah, what do we do? So we brought them down and they knew something was wrong. And I like came out, like nothing was wrong and switched out the equipment and like got the right swivel pack up there and like made my way back off the stage and they kept going. And I got backstage and one of the main characters who was already like six, two, and they had him in nine inch platform heels. Cause he was supposed to be this like big time character and supposed to take up a ton of the stage and had this like another maybe six inch top hat on and these dreads that came down to his waist and he he was an imposing force and I'm just like crumpled in a ball backstage being like oh my god I've ruined the entire show no. uh, this is very early performing Laura and he mm -hmm. puts his hand mm -hmm. on my shoulder and he goes know that everything is gonna mess up have fun covering it up <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. Right? I like that. He yeah. definitely used more expletives in that sentence, but I, I <laughs> like that's the essence of what he said. And since then, I'm like, oh, yeah. When like the hecticness of being on stage and all of that energy moving around, things are going to mess up. It's just part yeah. of it. And yeah, having fun with fixing it makes everything so much better. And I try and take that into like the rest of my life too, knowing that like when things screw up, we're just going to have fun covering it up. It'll be great. Yeah. It's, it's, I <laughs> admire awesome. the people that can like stay cool under pressure. Cause like for me, I'm like panic mode and it like shows on my face. Like my eyes go like, even if I'm trying really hard to stay calm, you can usually see in my eyes when I'm like panicking. So I've always admired those people who can like stay cool under pressure. Cause it's oh, not me. <laughs> I'm definitely like not cool, but I'm going to figure out how to have fun fixing it. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. It's like, uh, what's that Newt, Newt Scamander quote? It's like, worrying means you suffer twice or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I'm like, I try so hard to to not worry just because of that. Sometimes I manage. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> hey, if you can sometimes manage, that's that's a step, right? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Reminds me of Michael. Michael Scott, somehow I manage his book that he never writes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Speaking oh of random quotes going through your head, uh, I was sailing yes, my with favorite. my partner and uh, we not like literally almost died. I'm pretty sure if the boat had hit the rocks, we probably would have been able to get off the boat fine. Uh, but we were sailing and there was a storm coming and the owner of the boat was like, please, like called us and was like, please take this into harbor. Uh, just while this electrical storm comes through. And we're like, that sounds like a great plan. So we drop the mainsail and we're turning up into the wind so that we can pull in the jib or the the front sail that we have out. And um, the engine won't start. We like press the button and it goes thunk. And we're in this like little cove kind of thing where there's like one exit out into the main bay, like the, the rest of the river, and then a little little like marina bay on the other side which we found out later was called dead man's bay oh uh, my god <laughs> real glad that that wasn't something we knew ahead of time uh and <laughs> the sheets get fouled or the the ropes that go to the sail get all twisted around each other and we like for the life of me i cannot pull it in my partner's trying to keep the the boat because it's like 40 knot, wi- not sorry, 40, 20 knot winds, 40 kilometer winds roughly, uh, and like four feet waves. And we were just trying to keep this boat from fouling on the rocks. Uh, and so I climb up to the front and I'm like pulling these sheets apart and getting whipped by the ropes. And like, I'm like, oh, this feels like circus. Great. <laughs> like, I got this. I got this. And then the boat like gets hit by a wave and I almost tumble head out of the boat. And I'm like, I grab a hold and I'm like, Pan- feeling myself panic for a minute and I go fear is the mind killer <laughs> <laughs> wow. and I like sit myself on the you. boat and I'm like okay you got this and like start finishing or finish off clearing up the sheets and like I'm like no fear is the mind killer you're not gonna let yourself freak out stay calm get your job done <laughs> good for you oh my god whipping your own butt yeah right get that dune in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> Have you seen the new the new Dune? Yes, my partner yeah. was so excited. It was a show that he loved as a, a kid or young adult. Not really sure his timeline there, but uh, <laughs> he he really loved. And when we first started dating, he was like, "We have to watch this." And it took me like three watches of the original to really understand what was going on because there's so many layers to it. But he had read the books yeah. first and then watched, so he had a really oh. good idea. And so when the the new Dune came out, he was like, I know COVID restrictions are are just coming up and I know you're not really comfortable going out into public places, but I I would really appreciate it if we did this. <laughs> I was like, okay, so we're both going to be masked. We're not going to have like food or drinks while we're there. And we'll just like go and then leave right away. And he's like, okay, I, I agree to these stipulations. And it was... <laughs> It was really good. I was really stressed because it was definitely like our first time out into public. Yeah. Uh, but it was definitely worth it. The new Dune was oh, well good. done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I haven't – I don't have much experience with like any of it. Um, oh, okay. So I'm, I I do really want to see it. Um, it looked like – I mean, the previews made it look amazing. So it's good to kn- it's good to know that fans of it enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I was late to the program, but I definitely enjoyed it. Oh, I'm always late to the program. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> so, when you put on one of one of your acts, mm-hmm. how long would be would you be performing for 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 just one run through? Uh, so that question, the answer to that question varies 
quite a bit. Right, of course. So the full-length production that we did where we got the grant money from from the government, um, we had been practicing for a year and a half. And prior to that, some of the acts had already been built. Um, So Mm. it could... It could be a long time. So I don't know if you know anything about the granting process, but oftentimes you have to show that you already have work to be able to get a grant. So you don't, you can't just be like, I'm on a grant to try a thing. You have to be like, makes sense. (laughs) I can do this thing. I've already done a bunch of it. We just need a little bit more money to finish this off. And so that's kind of what happened. We had started the process, COVID hit, we had to pivot. We're like, okay, so we already have this set. We would love to be able to finish this work and be able to put it on in a way that we can share it with the world. And um, so we were practicing, uh, well, sorry, let me rephrase that. I was practicing twice a week um, because I also had a full-time job teaching uh, and the rest of the troop was practicing five times a week. Uh, And then the one other person, the one who was in my hoop act, the double hoop act, she was practicing a sixth time so that she could link up her rehearsals with me. So right. it was it was really interesting. It's also the very first time that I've learned a group act over distance. So the oh. the uh, group hoop act and the group um, uh, looped silk or hammock, depending on where you're from, it's like a like a hammock. You, if you were to okay. imagine that, but the sides go all the way up to the ceiling. So you're, oh, you're okay. yeah. So, and it's fabric, like, um, it feels like silk, but it's not, it's, um, it's like a polyester type thing. And, um, okay. so I learned both of those acts through video that the rest of the troupe was sending to me when they were rehearsing those five times a week. And then they would send it to me and I would, um, either before or after I taught at another studio, would practice my part of it uh, so that I would be ready when we did big group rehearsals every so often. So like every month. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And how do you, how do you practice? Do you have a space of your own that you can practice that stuff in? Uh, sometimes. So in the summer, I do have a portable rig that I can put up in my backyard. And so I can practice. But during the summer, it's also really hot. And so it's hard to get, (laughs) yeah, it's hard to, because once it gets really hot, your equipment changes, it's, let's say texture. Uh, So if you're on a a hoop, a hoop is covered in athletic tape. And so that athletic tape starts to bleed out the the sticky part. And so you're literally like tearing off your skin as you slide around it. Uh, and then the silks, which in the winter feel like skating, they're so slippery. In the summer, you like can't get them off of you. Oh, so, oh. <laughs> and they're like, we're like, we're holding you now rather than you're holding <laughs> them. Uh, and so it can be really tough. You have to schedule your time really well because it's not a great idea to be out there at like from like 11 a.m. to four. You kind of want to be out either early in the morning or late in the evening. And now some people have the ability to put like tents over top of their outdoor structures and it makes it a lot more bearable, but it's, uh, yeah, it can be rough to be outside. So when you saw the rig at anime North and they were all outside, just know that it was a lot harder than it had to be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. And it was so hot that weekend too. Yeah. Wow. 
And what's it like when you get that first group rehearsal together? How, how does it feel kind of coming together thinking that you know it, but you don't really know that you know it until everyone <laughs> I was going to ask that. <laughs> so the funny thing is, is interpretation is really interesting. I love the science behind movement and understanding and knowledge. And it's really interesting, I think, that when you look at something and you perceive it, you could totally be wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so um, I'm also horrible for going on the and count. Don't know if that means anything to y'all. Yep. Yeah, I'm horrible about that. Yet. So I'll be there on and rather than one. So it'd be like and mm-hmm. one. And they're like, Laura, slow down. Oh, like, okay, gotcha. But I need to be presented on one. They're like, no, presenting on one. Like, <laughs> oh, that's such a hard concept. Um, and so getting that timing and fluidity, because when you're in a group, there's um an energy that helps you when you train with someone all the time. You start to feel them. Mm-hmm. You start to know where they are. And so not having that process was really foreign and really strange coming into those group practices. And it became... Right a lot more analytical rather than like feeling oriented uh, where I was like, okay, I am really counting in my head. I'm really like trying to find these exact shapes that I'm looking for rather than this feeling that sort of comes from practicing together and looking together and feeling it through together. So yeah, Ted, that's a really good question. It was, it was foreign and strange, uh, but it worked out. Well, that's good. And, And for that process, um, is there a director for this kind of stuff that's kind of making all the parts come together or are you, is it more of a cooperative process? Uh, yes. And so our, okay. our fearless leader, uh, uh, Miranda, she is amazing and she has the big idea and she definitely has sort of like the end say, but it is, it is with the understanding that we all can say, how we feel about things. So as we're in the process and she's like, okay, I need to be over here with the poi spinners. Your job over here is to figure out this section. I want it to look something like this. And so she'll go off with the poi performers. We'll be sent off to work on the choreography. And then she'll come back and be like, I know I said that, but the way it's looking, I need it to look more like this. Mm. And then the amazing part is she then learns it because she's also a part of the performance. So, right. yeah, she's she is a hard worker and she is amazing. I don't actually know how she would do it. I'm pretty sure I would uh, spontaneously combust if I had her role. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, oh, other places that I've performed in because uh, we got segued off that that topic um, are the yeah. Philippines um, and oh, as well wow. as Mexico. So um The Philippines, I ended up performing at a martial arts gathering uh, because because I did. It was just something that happened. (laughs) Because why Um, not? That's awesome. Yeah, so I was on this martial arts um, learning experience, and uh, they we have these like big big dinners, and one of them I had been practicing in our dining hall, so. the trip that I was going on was going to be, I was going to be away from training for a month and a half. And I was like, I can't not train my stuff. I know I'm doing martial arts eight hours a day, but 
specificity of training is really important. So like I need to be able to get up in the air. And so we were in the, in Cebu and well, actually, no, we weren't in Cebu. We were on an island just off of Cebu. I was like, could I please hang my straps from your ceiling? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, sure. And I was like, great. And so like, uh, but how are you going to get them up there? I'm like, not a problem. So just as like a visual for yourself, this is an open air, just like ceiling kind of space. So like the wind's coming in off the ocean. Um, there's metal structure uh, coming up on the sides, but like no windows, no walls, and okay. then a roof in a couple different areas. So there's a low set roof and then a higher set roof. So when I looked okay. at it, I was like, okay, so there's a bar here that I can climb onto to get to the structure of the roof. So I wouldn't be on top of it. I'd be hanging below the structure of the lower roof, which would let me climb up to the structure of the higher roof so that I could hang my straps. Now, Saying this and knowing that it's being recorded, that is not the safe way to do things. Please don't randomly <laughs> climb through structures. Um, I did have a safety on. So, like, if I had fallen, they could have gone and gotten a ladder. But, um, yeah, you should always have a rigger doing your rigging for you. Be safe, people. Don't just randomly rig from things. <laughs> I was going to say, do we need, like, a little, like, Laura Griffin is a trained professional. Please do not attempt this at home. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, because I've had year. I was trained in how to rig and years and years of experience on it. Um, I asked the the hotel director. I was like, "Is this structural? Like, has it been rated?" And he's like, "Yes, it's live load rated. We've we've done other things with this structure before. Um, it manages hurricanes. It's like you're fine to hang off of it." So I wasn't just randomly climbing on somebody's structure and putting stuff in the roof. Uh, <laughs> And there's other things in there that I won't bore you with that, like, you have to put on the metal so you're not tearing your equipment up and stuff like that. And there's, you don't just wrap your equipment on things. Um, <laughs> but so I'd hung it there and so that I'd be able to train. So usually I would take an hour off of the martial arts training, maybe because it was a particular martial art I wasn't super excited about learning. Um, and I would go and train in our dining area uh, to keep up my circus strength. Uh, oh. and so at one point, um, we were supposed to have like this big event happen and we were going to have the dinner, but the people who were supposed to, to really get the celebration going. It, it started to turn more into like a farewell to some of the coaches who were leaving. And I was like, you know what? We don't have to do it that way. We can totally make this really exciting. And so I ended up, um, asking if it would be okay if I, I performed for them. And so I uh, performed in the Philippines for this uh, group of really amazing martial arts uh, instructors and um, partakers or, or trainers. So, wow. Yeah. I actually have. That's very cool. Yeah, I've had a couple experiences like that. I was at, um, have you ever heard of Folk Fest in Ottawa? Mm, I, have, yeah. I have not, no. <laughs> so um, one year I was, my uh, ex-husband was the site electrician for for it. And so I was always hanging out backstage. And uh, one time the uh, the manager of it, 
maybe the owner of it was like, so why aren't you performing on the stage? I'm like, nobody's asked. He's like, well, <laughs> consider this your ask. And I was like, okay, I don't have any equipment with me. Can we, and they're like, don't worry, we'll figure it out. And so in a day, they figured out how to get me aerial silks. Um, we used span sets for my straps act. And I ended up opening for the sheepdogs and for wow. Chizzy and the Whalers. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, just cool. like off the cuff. Just like, yeah, why not? <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Just yeah. a quick trip to Circus Mart to pick up those silks. <laughs> so I was really fortunate. Uh, so riggers who have to put up all the stage and all the equipment for these kind of festivals, they often have other friends who are circus artists, seeing as they are riggers. And so right. being there and having been friends with the, the stage crew and the riggers, they they were really nice and they hooked me up with with good equipment and they set me up in a really nice way. So, oh good, yeah, that's it, so nice because there I is love no circus like that. There is no circus mart, Ted. It doesn't exist. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a whole untapped market, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Um. Oh, I had a question and then I lost it. Sorry, I talk way too much. <laughs> no, it's no, I love I love that. It's so nice when when our our guests can talk. <laughs> but I I can't I feel like you maybe kind of answered it like a little bit actually. I think it was um like when you're so oh my god, let me <laughs> um when you're getting ready for a performance, mm-hmm. um like you obviously like you have your train your rehearsals and your training that you do probably just like regardless do you have to ramp up like the training and the rehearsals like as you get closer to a show or how like how does what's what's that yeah like? <laughs> so we we kind of joke at a certain point in the summer that we're we're just show ready you have so many shows back to back that don't necessarily have the same set of choreography okay that mm-hmm. um your like really big strength training kind of gets put on the back burner for a little bit and you're working through your different choreographies and focusing on choreography and cleaning it and making sure it looks really good, making sure your musicality looks great. Uh, and then in the low season is where you really try and ramp up your like new tricks, trying different things um, and really try and, and develop yourself more as a, a technical artist Um, not to say that we don't train, um, in the like main performance season we do, but it looks more like, um, 45 minutes to an hour of conditioning, um, an hour and a half to three hours of like act training and then like an hour of stretching and cool down. Right. So like that's very different than what we might look at if we were in off season, which might look like three of those hours being some sort of conditioning or new squill, skill, skill, skill <laughs> acquisition. And so oh, okay. the, the process looks different, but the training hours are usually about the same. Okay. Yeah. And when you're, when you're like up, because I, I always it always fascinates me because like if I try and act for like a TikTok or something like I feel like you can see on my face that I'm thinking so much about like what I'm doing so like when you're up there like how like how do you I just are you thinking like a lot about like what's coming up next or, or are you just able to kind of just like go is it just kind of like muscle memory to a certain extent so the 
best way to do it is the muscle memory to make sure that those sheaths are so myelinated that like you're not actually consciously thinking about the next movement step. And that allows you to get really deep into your character. Saying that if you're going three shows in a row that are, are different choreography, sometimes you get, might get a little bit of that, like, resting face where like you right. go inside <laughs> and if you're in rehearsal and that's happening you know that you're going to hear it from your troop mates you're like hey <laughs> think about your face <laughs> because it is it's a lot to process it's a lot to go through um you would never perform a trick that you're not comfortable doing but right. the order of tricks might be different because different music has different accents and so you might have re-choreographed for a specific show, especially the ones where we get to get nerdy and and have fun with it. Um, those ones are a lot of fun, but there are a lot of extra brain power because we do get to play with them a little right. bit more. Yeah. Compared to like a wedding where I have my like set wedding routine on silks. Right. And I would go and do that wedding routine that I've practiced so many, so many times. And then I can look at the bride and groom and smile at them and (laughs) that kind of thing. Because everything is so set in my body that it knows what to do and I can be present in the situation. Right. It's like second nature. Yeah. To just do it. Wow. That's that's incredible. I Honestly, when I say the performance blew me away when I watched it, like, I'm not kidding. Um. And because you because you do things on your own and but then you also do certain acts like with someone. So how because honestly, the fact that none of you kicked each other in that performance (laughs) that I was watching because there was like on that cube, like it looks big, but there were three people on it at one point, like all moving around. Like how like I mean, I'm assuming people get kicked a lot in rehearsals. (laughs) So, yes, it happens. Hilarious story. So this needs a little foreground. So I'm teaching PE at school and one of the small children falls and dislocates my jaw. The next day I have to go to rehearsal. Yes. Ouch. (laughs) Next day I have to go to rehearsal. I'm like, okay, I can manage maybe a minute or two upside down. And then I'm going to have to come upright. So like whatever we're rehearsing here, let's make sure we know exactly what we're going to practice. Because normally we can like hang upside down and have a conversation and like be like, okay, we're going to try this. I'm like, I can't do that today. We're going to have the conversation standing up and then we'll get up there and we'll do the thing. I'm like, just please don't kick me in the face because (laughs) I can't handle it today. My partner's like, but it's tradition. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, don't do it. Uh, She did end up kicking me in my face, but she put my jaw back in and the rest of rehearsal was fantastic. It was great. I was like, oh my God, I can go upside down. It doesn't hurt. This is amazing. (gasps) Oh, the only time you want to be kicked in the face when it puts your jaw back in the face. (laughs) Right? So yeah, kicking does happen, especially when you're learning new movements and you're learning to like create new pathways or you're testing out things you've never done before. And you have to coordinate three, maybe more bodies than that. Because sometimes we'll do things where we'll do full group acts where you've got like four people on a a triple trapeze bar and you've got to figure out where you're going. And sometimes harsh words are said and then apologies are said afterwards. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. because it hurts. It hurts to get kicked or there was one shape, um, in the triple trapeze act that, uh, that I was in where I was hanging by my ankles from the ropes 
I had someone upside down in a, I'm going to say straddle back balance. If you don't know circus, I'm not sure you can imagine <laughs> it, but your legs are out to we the side <laughs> and you're like supported by your low back and you're upside down. So I have a person hanging from between my legs like that. Another person in a straddle back balance on the bar holding my legs against the lines and creating pressure. And then there's another person standing on the bar above that. And we're paused in this shape and they're trying to talk through like how to do it. And they're, and I'm hanging from my ankles and it's now been like way too long. And I just snap at everybody. Uh, and I'm like, just get, and you can't go anywhere. You're holding someone up with your legs. Like there's, you, oh like you have to wait until they're safe because otherwise they're going to fall headfirst to the ground. So it's like, get everyone up to the bar and I'm feeling, feeling really nasty. And I'm like, Argh! like you're just leaving me there hanging by my ankles. And then realizing that it's really just pain talking and not actually the way yeah. I feel having to turn around and being like, I'm really sorry, guys, I shouldn't have, uh, shouldn't have lashed out at you like that, but maybe we could figure out what we're discussing on the ground first. Yeah. Uh, and then try it up in the air. I'd really appreciate that. Yeah. No, That's I, a good order of operations. God. Well, I can just like, you know, I, the amount of strength that you have to have in order to do something like this is, is insane. Um, just overall, like full body strength, like, you know, the way like some people can like hold themselves, like, you know, like on a pole, like fully. Yeah. Flag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I have a hard time sitting up. <laughs> like, I just, like, I tried to get off the couch the other day and I'm like, huh, gonna like rocking horse this. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's very admirable to the, just the amount, uh, like the dedication and the amount of hours and training that goes into being able to perform something like this to make it look so natural. Yeah. And it's, the beautiful thing is part of the training of it makes that happen. And when you love to do it, the training of it doesn't feel that bad. It's the time when you're not training where it like hurts to stand up where you're like, oh, why am I doing this to myself? I can't get off the couch. I, I need someone to pull me up. I can't even rock like you. <laughs> I'm glad that even people like you get like that. Yeah, yeah, it just hurts too much to try and sit up or, or walk down the street. It's funny. Sometimes when we were, we were training a lot and go to leave the house in the morning, because when I wasn't teaching full time, I didn't have to get up until like eight o'clock. And then I didn't really have to move my body till 10. Uh, and that's really nice when you've trained like five to six hours the day before. Oh, definitely. Right. To have that like slow rebuild, get everything moving. Uh, and so double timing it and going off to train and training really hard and then getting up at like six o'clock in the morning to be moving and active at eight or even earlier, if there was like a sports practice or track and field, right. my body was mad. It was real yeah. mad. Well, like, Cause, and then you're moving all day too. It's not like yeah. you just have to get up and move for like an hour. It's, you know, you're doing until what, like three 30 and then, uh, until the kids are gone. And then even more <laughs> like, right? just for your own stuff. <laughs> So like in the morning at like seven, when I like trundle down my front steps, my partner's laughing because I'm like, ah, ah, ah. Oh, no. <laughs> I try to make it down the stairs and got my backpack full of school stuff and then training stuff for later. So it's an extra like 40, 50 pounds happening. Oh, my and God. it's just like, oh, <laughs> like, I can't make it down the stairs. The beautiful thing I... about moving all day, though, sorry to cut you off. 
But oh, no. <laughs> is that um, it gets better. So the more you move, the less you hurt until yes. the next day. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until you've slept and you've stopped moving and then it starts all over again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's. Uh... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't. I can't. I can't imagine it. I like. I mean, like, I struggle to get myself to exercise for twenty minutes a day in this workout program that I'm doing, and then and and I'm so sore after it. <laughs> well, maybe it's a struggle because it's not fun enough. Maybe you should try circus because then no. you don't notice how much it hurts until after. <laughs> oh my god! Trust me, you do not want to see me up. On those. I'd end up. I'd somehow end up like tangled in it, where it'd be like an hour just to get me like out of it. <laughs> Don't worry, don't worry. It's like you don't teach kids cursive first, right? You teach them how to doodle. It's the same idea. We're we're not going to teach you cursive. We're not going to get you into a rap that you're you're going to get stuck in. We're going to teach you how to doodle first. I'm just like I feel like I'm one of those cartoon characters where it's like you know when they're like okay so we're going to start with this and then they turn around they're already wrapped up in something like. <laughs> impossibly quick like that would be me like I would just step in the room and all of a sudden I'd just be like wrapped up in all the silks or something (laughs) well now I'm curious I want to see this I feel like (laughs) hey any any time any time I'm down (laughs) nice it would be fun actually I I would love that (laughs) yes hopefully we'll get Um, a circus program going in the school and we can make that that happen that would be amazing. I yeah. would love that so much. <laughs> uh, so we've been chatting for about an hour. Oh, wow. Um, I know. It went by <laughs> so quick. Ted, is there anything else that you want, anything else you were curious about before we... Uh... No, I've honestly had everything. This has been one of the coolest conversations ever. <laughs> this is something that I've never thought about in my entire life. Uh, I mean, I've seen circus performances and, and I've known people who've done, you know, gymnastics and I've known people who do dance. But to, you know, to finally speak to someone who does this and can give us so much insight on this stuff it's so it's so cool like i really wanted to just like watch a bunch of performances now do it yeah <laughs> do it's it. gonna be on youtube like all night i bet now i'm gonna Ooh, get like text messages being like <laughs> give me give me give me the one that inspires you the most like what should i watch to inspire me about all things oh. circus oh so th- welcome to the spot yeah so <laughs> here's the thing Everyone I find is a little bit different. It's kind of like asking you to inspire someone about food and that there are so many different ways to do circus. And there's so many different types of people who enjoy circus that I'm not even sure where to point you without knowing more about you kind of thing. Cause there's like the really beautiful traditional circus. I don't know if anyone saw curios when they were in town. I had some friends in that. But um, it's very like the tradition, more so the traditional of here's my trick, present, applaud for me. (laughs) And that there's amazing things that happen in that type of circus. And then there's the type of circus that's like, I'm here to make you think. I'm an artistic statement and it's going to happen slowly and it's going to creep across you and you're not really even going to maybe understand what's going on uh, in terms of like what is a trick and what isn't a trick. Uh, And then there's everything in between where you've got massive tricks that are emotional and thought provoking and you've got um, people doing things where you're like, I didn't even think that was humanly possible. You've got (laughs) so it's it's. It's so diverse, it's so different uh, in so many different parts of it. You've got a whole section of circus that uh, is about diversity and looking at bodies that look different and how they can do circus 
and how yeah. how they might use mobility devices or different tools to create a whole another otherworldly thing. You could go into oh my gosh, we don't have enough time, but like you could look at the history <laughs> of circus and how it came from like the sideshow like sort of freak culture and how it has developed mm-hmm. from there. Um, you could look at even like the different countries and how it comes from different places and how like Chinese poles comes from the the practice of a martial art to get over the wall, like the, oh, the Great yeah. Wall of China. Really? Yeah. So like you learned Chinese oh poles because you were learning a martial art, not because you were oh, learning no. how to like, and so if you needed to dodge that arrow or that like, tar that was being thrown over the wall you need to know how to jump from one pole to the next and so like oh my god right and so it's a very different look than say um pole dancing that we see in north america that came from sort of the side tents of circus where they would be on the central pole of those little side tents and doing different tricks on those those poles and then developed in for quite a while into one vein and is now coming back to like the really like body positive strength oriented look what I can do aspect mm. and so like mm. you got to decide what works for you right if you're looking for um like big strong awesome like I don't understand how you're doing that you're probably going to want to look at like straps videos or um if you're looking at like crazy technical drops you're probably looking at like Womack and Bowman if you're looking for like really interesting like different perspectives you might even look at there's an Indian form of pole dance not pole dance it's very different it looks more along the lines of Chinese poles and they there's small kids doing these amazing flips and tricks and catching and yeah anyways I could talk for hours I know you said we're already at time (laughs) but it's Like, if you're interested, like, just jump into it. And the wonderful thing about YouTube is the more things you follow that you like, the more it's going to show you of that. So, like, get in there. Feel free to look up uh, me or my my troop and start your journey because there's some some – we didn't even talk about fire performance, and that's a whole other thing. (laughs) So we got – If I was a betting woman, I would bet just after you mentioned the history – I would put money that Ted is going to start watching videos about the history of. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, hold on. is the book here? Oh, here. So I'm going to read you a book title, Ted. Hold on a sec. Okay. Oh, perfect. Ted, write this down so we can put it in the description. <laughs> I've been writing everything oh, down. Oh, yeah. So this was given to me by a friend, and it's called The Circus, 1870s to 1950s. Um, oh, cool. And it is uh, T-A-S-C-H-E-N. And it's um, by Noel Daniel. And it is, it's amazing. It goes through, you've got visuals. And this is very much like North American circus. It talks about how it came mm-hmm. over from Europe, um, but right. how it changed. Because if you look at European circus now, you've got a whole nother like thing as well compared to what we have in North America. And there's um, very different acts coming out, very different artistry coming out. Um, you can look up, oh, amazing, amazing acts, uh, Cirque de Demain, which means like Circus of Tomorrow. Um, and it's a yearly competition where circus acts come in 
and they try and amaze and win and they get contracts for things like the Moulin Rouge and, and different things like that. And it's a wow. it's a world competition. I competed in the U.S. Aerial Championships. I'm showing my shirt because I happen to be wearing it today. <laughs> hey, cool. Uh, and it, again, you've got amazing acts coming in, trying to compete to show the ways that they're trying to advance their art form. So those are, yeah, really amazing things. I don't know, you've got loads of images in this oh. book of like what it used to look oh, like. Cool. Right? And oh the, like yeah. the old timey um, posters and stuff like that. And oh, how yeah, yeah. you've got like the sideshow aspect of it, but as well as like the, the performers. And so there's a really interesting sort of reimagining of um, body difference, I guess, uh, that's happening really nicely in Ontario and I only know of in Ontario, I, I haven't reached out to farther, but of people looking at their bodies and going, okay, maybe this isn't what society tells me is a normal circus body or a normal body at all. And I'm going to explore what that looks like and become an artist in the body that I have, which I think that's is really just awesome. amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's that fantastic. Is awesome. You both um, called it though. I was definitely going to go down the history world. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to learn everything I can about the Ringling Brothers <laughs> and, uh, you know, all that Dizzy stuff. Barnum. Yeah. Yeah, the Barnum and Bailey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to learn all that stuff. So that, That'll be fun. That, the book that I showed you is a really good one for that. But you, if you're really interested in the history of it, like, don't stick yeah. to North America. Go across the world. There are so no, many I'm learn everything. amazing, amazing different things that happened all over the world that come from different cultures and different ideas. And it's so interesting. And it's so cool to see how there's still similarities, like that you can be on opposite sides of the world and the and people who have never met each other are coming up with the same tricks and the same ideas. Oh, that's so and, cool. And to see how they look slightly different on like different apparatuses, but they're all happening on these different apparatuses. And it blows my mind. It's the stuff that makes me excited. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. And you can tell. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's a reminder of <laughs> We're humanity. Gonna have to... Right? It's a reminder of humanity. We are all the same. We are all like human beings. We're all in very similar corporal forms. Like, yep. we perceive the world really similarly through our senses. Don't even get me started on the neurology of circus. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> You've got you've got all these really cool things and it's really amazing to see and amazing to see also how circus works in terms of that and many cultures coming together. I used to work with a, a troupe from China and we didn't speak the same language. We had like maybe a couple couple sentences we could share together, but you're still training in a show and making the show look seamless. Wow. wow. Right? It and transcends so like, the cultural borders. Yeah, you don't need language. You have your body. You don't need uh like yeah you just there there's no barriers it when you get together and you're like this is our goal together and if we could do all that oh we could like save the world <laughs> oh, that's amazing so true <laughs> oh my goodness that's yeah. oh my gosh i've learned so much <laughs> well, i'm glad <laughs> this has been amazing um before we say our goodbyes and everything like that, though, do you want to just do like a quick plug uh, for your troupe or for anything else maybe that you've got going on, whether it's your YouTube channel, their Instagram, uh, any maybe upcoming performances that people can attend? 
For sure. Uh, we haven't got the grant confirmed yet. We're hoping to hear back by the end of August, but we're hoping to have Recomposed in theaters uh, oh, coming awesome. up in the next wow. year. So if that happens, that would be amazing. So that would be Illuminaire Entertainment performing Recomposed uh, in the upcoming year of uh, probably 2023. So cross your fingers that that happens and we can make that uh, a go. It would probably have its first showing in Toronto. Uh, so that might be exciting. We've got a couple really great spaces in Toronto. Uh, if you're looking to try Circus as well as Mississauga, um, I work at a f facility called Brass Bells, which is a pole and aerial studio. Um, I do private lessons out of Artist Play, which is out in the east end of Toronto. Um, and then there's another space uh, sort of mid-Toronto called UV Pole Fitness, which is uh, another space that is, again, a pole slash aerial studio. All these spaces are body positive, people positive, and really welcoming. And if you want to try circus and you're in Toronto, they are great places to go. That's so That's great. awesome. And do you want to just give us the name of your troupe one more time so people can search you online? For sure. I work for Illuminaire Entertainment. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for for coming and, and talking with us. I love this this episode uh, just because it's it's very we've been kind of sticking to like Disney video games, uh, you know, things like that. And this is just kind of so on the other end of the spectrum that it's been really, really cool to, to learn about and talk about. Amazing. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for, uh, agreeing to do this. And I just want everyone to know that it is okay to run off and join the circus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I double thumbs up that statement. It has been some of the best experiences of my life. You've been listening to the Nerdy Thoughts Podcast. Your hosts today were Mimi Q.U. and Ted Linden. Music and production for the Nerdy Thoughts Podcast is by Black Bear Sound Productions. Find us on our socials at Nerdy Thoughts Cast. And tune in next time for another great interview with another big fan. Who knows? Maybe you'll find your new fandom. <laughs> <laughs>